whatever we do with Augusta University, um, both then, now, and in the future, I don't want to ever change uh, the fact that in addition, in addition to being Augusta University, we are Augusta's university. Welcome to Drop the Disc. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Drop the Disc podcast. Today, right after graduation weekend, we feature President Brooks Keel from Augusta University. You can't go to school to learn what it's like to be a president. We recap his approximately seven years in office, including how he started off dealing with the very controversial name change. It was a case study in marketing. He talks about their connection with the community. And I, I think a lot of the growth that you're seeing in Augusta uh, is, if not directly, indirectly related to the growth that you see at Augusta University. We're on a two-way street. As well as some game-changing programs, one of which landed him testifying in front of Congress. And then you practice in rural underserved Georgia for three years. You go to medical school for free. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Drop the Disc podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a rating or a view wherever you listen. And congratulations to all of the graduates from Augusta University from this past weekend. You guys deserve it. And thank you to those who supported the last Augusta Rocks concert. It was a great time. If you enjoy this show, I highly encourage you to check out another local program called Broker Bites. Broker Bites is hosted by Nancy Powell, of Powell and Associates, and they're the presenting sponsors of this program, but they also produce a program to help people learn about the real estate world, and they focus on resources and situations in the greater Augusta area. And if you want to learn more about working with Nancy in real estate in the Augusta area, just go to powellpropertypros.com. It's just another day on the road to be great Got a list full of goals and so much on my plate Another episode of my life to the date, yeah And I'ma do it all with a smile on my face In the land of the free, yeah, the home of the brave The only way you grow is if you learn from mistakes And never stop the hustle, gotta keep up the pace I ain't got time to waste, I got moves I'ma make, yeah It doesn't matter what the topic is We gon' talk about it on Drop the Disc We can dive in on city politics or I can brag about my accomplishments If you hating on the city, it is not a fin Problem is that you're probably lacking common sense Augusta got so much talent that'll make it big And you gon' see in here first, don't drop the disc Ay. Learn a lot about the 706 About to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AUG in the mix, just drop the disc uh. Learn a lot about the 706 to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AG in the mix, just drop the disc And check out C-Lark, C.L-A-R-K Wherever you get your music Hey guys, I'm Chris Hey guys, I'm David We are Drop the Disc Podcast in the professional studio yeah we, we had to make that decision we today. had that was the thing we needed to do uh for our guest today yep and we are really excited this about is this is something that we've been talking about for <laughs> years it's crazy we can say years but for years literally for years so without further ado we have with us brooks keel the president of Augusta university and, and I, I before we go into this at all 
I've heard you Dr. Keel, President Keel. I don't know if I've ever heard someone call you Brooks. <laughs> yeah, I just learned today that your you've never been Brooks. around my wife then, that's for sure. <laughs> or any of my family. Uh, there's no way they'd call me doctor or anything like that at all. No, I, you can call and say, hey, you, or whatever. <laughs> hey, you. That, that works just fine. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Keel, or Brooks, that's if, fine. if that might be, wow, that's... It feels weird. I'm. It's like... <clears throat> it, you haven't graduated yet, so you don't get to call me. <laughs> right, so I'll do Dr. <laughs> Keel, and then next week I'll next be back. Next week you can call me whatever you want to, but right now it's Dr. Keel. How about that? <laughs> I like that. So um, tell us a little, kind of 30 to 60 seconds, your history with the city of Augusta, and then we'll dive right into this. Uh, I, I can't do it in 30 or 60 seconds, that's <laughs> for sure. It's, it's more like 66 years. You would think, I was born and raised here uh, in Augusta. In fact, we're on Broad Street. If you go all the way down to the end of Broad Street, cross Sandbar Ferry, becomes Broad Street Extension. Yeah. Over on the left, there are like four, three, four houses tucked up against the levee. That's the house that I was, uh, I wasn't born in that house, but when I was born, it's the first five years of my life was spent there. Uh, my parents moved up to uh, Highland Park when I was about five, six years old. Okay. Uh, I went from first grade all the way through graduate school here. So I am a Where'd product. you go to high school? T- Richmond Academy. Okay. Okay. Montesana Elementary, from, from, and then it was junior high back in those days, Tubman Junior High. Yeah, okay. And then to uh, Richmond Academy, f- and then went up on Harvard on the Hill for my, under, you don't probably don't know what that is. Harvard on the Hill, uh, <laughs> Augusta College, right? That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, I'm impressed. <laughs> Augusta College, my undergraduate degree, and then I went down the hill to a medical college in Georgia for my graduate degree. So, And then left in 1982 and thought that uh i'd never come home except you know funerals and weddings and reunions and that kind of stuff and uh kind of my career took me in all kind of all kind of ways and the position came open at georgia southern university um and i applied for it and was lucky enough to get that i said i'm as i'm as close to home as i'm gonna get i want to have a way you know it's really everything's great i can actually get in the car and drive to see my my family drive back home on the same day Uh, and then this position came came available and uh, this, you know, you really can't come home sometimes. I don't always yeah. recommend that, but you yeah. really can't come home <laughs> yeah. sometimes. So, yeah. So I'm curious, you, you're the president of a university. What does somebody major in and get their doctorate in to, to be on the track to be the president of a university? Well, you know, that's a great question. And I can ask that a lot. You know, when did you, when did you know you were wanted to become a president? And what did you do to try to decide that? And um, my wife tells a little bit different. She said, we've been planning <laughs> this all along and she, I, I don't ever disagree with her, but, um, you know, I, I didn't intend to do that. I got my degree here, did a postdoctoral fellowship and thought I was going to go into a research lab and then do research and become a research faculty member somewhere. It's very different. Uh, very yeah. different. Yeah. And I wound up in, uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, at the university uh, of Kansas school of medicine in Wichita and started that, that very thing. I had um, a research lab and an NIH funded grant. Uh, helped set up uh, what was called the Women's Research Institute. It was a group of uh, five or six basic scientists doing research in an OBGYN department uh, in women's health and reproductive function, which is what mm-hmm. my background was in. Um, and then things just kind of went from there. I got more and more involved in administration, became the associate dean for research for that campus. And I reached a point in my life where I was going to have to make a decision to to really go the research lab and spend more time writing grants and doing that sort of thing, or to go into the administrative route. It was, I couldn't juggle all those hats and do yeah, them all well. Absolutely. And I just, I just love the administrative part of what I do. So I moved to the dark side and became an administrator <laughs> full time. It's I say that, you know, sometimes it feels like a gene defect some, but 
you go that way. Uh, and I uh, started applying for positions at, at other larger universities. Um, got, a, got a great job at Florida State University as associate vice president for research. Oh, wow. For about four years in Tallahassee. And then from there went to uh, LSU and Baton Rouge as really? vice chancellor. I never research. knew that. Really, you're going to yeah. make David tell me. very excited. You yeah. made yeah. me upset. I'm a Gator. Yeah, you just well, made him very what, happy. What year? Well, what I got to talk to you about that. Percent. Okay, amen. Hey. Yeah, then you you know a whole lot more than most people do. My, my wife got her PhD at University of Florida. Oh, so she's uh, in, an, in animal science. So she's a was a still is a real big Gator fan. And, Good. Uh, and and very proud of her degree. And 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 I'm very proud of her. Uh, and I never, I mean, I knew there was a rivalry between, uh, you know, <laughs> University of Florida, Florida State, and we were four years in Tallahassee. And was that, uh, was that hard for her? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time. There was a rivalry. We'd go to we'd go to Florida games. And yeah, she'd, she'd wear. You know, I, I didn't. She she finally at the last year would wear a garnet colored shirt. If we went to a football game, really, no logos. <laughs> Still, uh, like still. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to LSU, and within a day, she was wearing purple and gold. Yes. And all that stuff, That's the effect. And I said, "What happened?" <laughs> well, it wasn't until we went to the University of Florida uh, homecoming, okay, and they were playing. They were playing LSU, as a matter of fact, at the time, and they have this thing called Gator Grouse. So you're probably familiar mm-hmm. with this. The big sort of homecoming event with all the students. Right. They almost fill the stadium. And how all these skits that folks were doing, uh, and ninety percent of the skits were about Florida State, <laughs> not LSU, who they were playing the next day. And I said, "Okay, I finally get it now. I finally, I finally understand all this." That's um, awesome. I got to yeah. know what year were you? In, what years were you in Baton Rouge? Uh, let's see, twenty uh, two thousand six to ten. Okay, so that wasn't that that wasn't in the grand scheme of things that long ago. No, it really wasn't. No. Okay, no, huh? um, they won that. We were there when they won the national championship, play played Ohio State, and oh my gosh, yeah, that's LSU probably so cool. cool. Yeah, so, cool. what position did you have at LSU? It's vice chancellor for research and economic development. Okay, okay. Uh, and then sort of a non traditional route to get to be a president. Uh, okay. Many people think you know you. Be, Professor, and then a dean, and then a provost, right, and then on the right. president. Um, but the uh, the research administration gave me experience at higher education in general. Um, but but it also brought with it that um, research administration and economic development. So at LSU, I was help them bring companies into town that would interact with with LSU and that sort of thing. Uh, and Georgia Southern was looking for someone who had who could take that sort of economic development sort of uh, approach to things. Yeah. And began to start developing a small research program there too. So just kind of, the marriage just kind of happened. It must've been hard moving from, I mean, realistically, Florida state is, is in a big, big kind of a city. I mean, not a massive Atlanta city, but a pretty big yeah. city. Baton Rouge is a pretty big city. And then you go to Statesboro. Yeah. Yeah. But Statesboro is, I mean, Statesboro is a really cool place. There's definitely a way to say Statesboro. It's Statesboro. It's <laughs> Statesboro. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, it's a cool place. Um, it, it's a small town, no doubt, but you're a short distance away from pretty much anywhere else you want to go. But it is, Statesboro is so focused on Georgia Southern University. Right. Georgia Southern it University is. is the city. The city is Georgia Southern University. And so the whole town was like part of, of the university. And, just had a great culture there, a great great experience, and uh, we had we just had a wonderful time there. Of course, it's 
Georgia Southern football is there's nothing like it. Yeah, there really is nothing like it. And you're you know you're kind of not addressing this right now, but you're a little bit credited with some of the recent success of that program. Well, I I, I was there when it was FCS football, right. so right. Uh, and. I knew if we were going to really take Georgia Southern and try to put it on a national stage, then we had to do something to get national attention. And a lot of folks would argue with this, but you can't beat the type of expansion that an FBS program would get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and what I, the way I've explained it to folks is, you know, every Thursday night there's a football game on. And I said, what we wanted while we are at Georgia Southern is this Thursday night it's going to be some kid in Iowa, <laughs> you know, 11th grader, starting to look at colleges, have never heard of Statesboro, probably never heard of Georgia. He or she is, you know, watching the football game comes on ESPN Thursday Night Football and it's Georgia Southern. Yep. And they say, wow, that seems kind of cool. I think I'll look it up. So they bring out their iPhone, yep. iPad, or whatever the i thing they got at the time and start looking at it. <laughs> and it's the front porch, athletics. It gets them looking into right. the picture window to see what the whole rest of the thing is about. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a marketing opportunity for us to really put that university on the map. What position did you have at that school? I was president. That, okay, right. just for our listeners to know that yeah. president, yeah. Yeah. which is which was your first president. That was the first position. president, right? What was it like stepping into that kind of position for the first time ever? Wow, I tell you, you really you, you can't go to school to learn what it's like to be a president. Okay, um, and and I'll and I, I don't know quite how to describe it. It's the the, the responsibility that that you take on when you do that. Um, you know, you go from being responsible for a small number of, of individuals to being responsible for a student body of 20,000. Uh, it's almost like a small city. Uh, and that responsibility can, can really weigh on you. I mean, you, it's all the good things that go along with, with being at a college and mm-hmm. university. And you see the success of the young people, like you will be going across the stage, you get to shake their hands and yep. that sort of thing. But you also, uh, you have to experience some of the, the tragedy that can happen on a camp. 20,000 people of any kind on any place, somebody doing something they shouldn't be doing at any one point in time. Uh, and that sort of responsibility can really weigh on you. Mm. What were some of the challenges at Statesboro that, that the school faced? And, and how did you, you know, from a leadership perspective, how did you guys deal with that? Well, the, the, one of the challenges was moving from FCS to FBS, and, mm-hmm. and that, that took a lot of donor support. Uh, and, and transforming that donor support and the resources to make that move it was certainly a challenge, but that was a fun challenge to take. And, and just getting the word out uh, about, you know, wh- what Georgia Southern is and, and where and where it's located, what it, what it all means. Uh, it's the, that marketing piece uh, that's really important. We, we face the same uh, situation here in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to Augusta University, I know. But, yep. Um, but it's the same sort of uh, a trouble that we have here, problems that we have here, challenges we have here, the exact same you see at Georgia Southern. And and that you were there, I believe, at the time that the alcohol laws in the state changed. Mm, that was was that before that you be, were there? That was before I was there. Right. Yeah. Did you see that affect the school in any way? You know, not no, not no. It really didn't. Um, Georgia Southern gets a bad reputation, I think, for being a, a quote party school. You know, University of Georgia has had this in the past, and a lot of universities to do. If you're 18 to 22 years old and you want to have a party, <laughs> you can find one anywhere right. you are. <laughs> I mean, it's, so it was nothing unusual about that. Um, we had to kind of fight that that reputation sometimes. Mm-hmm. If, if once you get a student to go there and to see that environment, um, it's not hard to recruit people there. 
right? Okay. Absolutely. And how long were you at Southern? Uh, I was there five and a half years. So okay. to, uh, J- January of 2010 to uh, July 2015 when I came up here. Got it. Until you got the job at GRU. I got the job at GRU. <laughs> Stick around for more of this incredible interview with Dr. Keel at Augusta Podcast Studios right after this. Have you had the opportunity to try the Mexican lager at Savannah River Brewing Company? I ask you because if you have, you might notice that it's a little bit different. Um, I definitely could taste something a little bit different in it. And it's more on the sweet side. But the best thing is that it is super crushable. In fact, all of those beers at Savannah River Brewing Company are absolutely crushable. Go head over to Savannah River Brewing Company and try all of their beers. Let them know. Let them know that we sent you. Tell them that you heard about them on Drop the Disc Podcast. So you probably, at the time, if you had asked the average Augustan, what is the worst job in the area, a lot of people probably would have said president of GRU. <laughs> yeah. So or, one or grew. Yeah, yeah, grew yeah. with the minions. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something that you were paying attention to? Because you're from here. Were you following yeah. that at all from Statesboro? A little bit. I was following the consolidation, I guess, mm-hmm, probably right. more than the name change, uh, mm-hmm. because that that was both of my alma maters, right. 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 graduate. They were they were combined. And I thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard of. You can't <laughs> find two more disparate institutions, two totally different missions, totally different student populations. And would you say it was almost impossible at the time when I, you saw I it? I would have thought so, sure, at the time. Uh, I've changed my attitude quite a bit now. <laughs> I'm sure. And, and we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about that. But uh, so I was really more, more thinking about that. that I had heard some rumblings about the name change and that sort of thing. It really wasn't until after I'd already accepted the job and came here and had a chance to start talking to some of the folks in the, in the community that I, that I realized how passionate folks were about, about that one thing. Yeah. Right. A lot of concerns about the merger, what that means. And that was mostly from the alumni because, you know, they were afraid that their degree was somehow being changed, right. whether you were Augusta State or Augusta College alum or an MCG alum. Some concern there. That didn't last very long at all. Right. But the name was, was the, the concerns were palpable. It wasn't just the people in the community. It was the students. Yeah. I was one of them. Uh, it was yeah. the, obviously the alumni didn't like that. You know, it, yeah. there was a lot, I mean, huge. Save the A was the huge yeah. uh, campaign going on. Yeah. Chris had has one of the hardest to get degrees in the history of college. He has a GRU degree. Yes. And um, I have misplaced it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's another story. We'll talk later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see what we can do about that. So you took over um, in, you said, uh, 2015. 2015. July 2015. You took over GRU at the time. The old president, Aziz, had just left. The sympathy for for the school was very low. What was, I guess, the number, what was your number one thing going in like you know you ask a president who's running for an election what is your day one agenda what was your day one agenda well yeah, i think it was it was getting all of the community together around the university take the name out of the picture right. getting the right. city of augusta around it getting uh the two legacy institutions around it uh and getting the alumni around it that was really to me a bigger challenge uh, that sort of morphed into all of those challenges uh the name would be the first thing that would come up once you discuss that, and people yeah. would really start saying, well, I'm concerned about my degree, you know, 
you're, you're doing away with the Medical College of Georgia. Of course, nothing was further from the truth, but that was the, that was the concern. Yeah. And that was really sort of the first thing out of shoot was how do, how do we bring all these folks together and how do we create uh, this uh, spirit, this collegiality, this passion for the university? Um, and we began to, to really start focusing in on the name and, uh, and cause that, so that was in July and then the Board of Regents meeting in September, so just a few months away, was when all of the regents, much to their credit, and it took a, a lot of courage on their part to reverse something that they had done just a few years earlier. Yeah, that's true. It really does. Much much credit to them. Uh, they are unanimously agreed to change the name to Gus University. And that did two things. It eliminated all the issues about the name, but it gave us an opportunity to completely rebrand yeah. the university and to unify the brand of the university, meaning the actual educational campus, but also the health system uh, and everything associated with that. Uh, and then uh, our folks just did an incredible job with the branding. Yes, they did. They uh, definitely did. The, like, the, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little everything. jealous that I didn't go <laughs> to yeah. Augusta University at the time. The branding is spot on. Yeah, it was spot on. I'm not, I'm not a timeless. marketing expert, but it was a case study in marketing. It really was. And Absolutely. The logo, the, the, the identity, the name, all that just came together in incredible ways. Kept and the mascot. But the mascot looks really cool. Yeah, he does like a little logo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The the colors are similar. Yeah, and so it was very well done. Well done. So let me let me push back on something you said just to see where we get from it. Sure. So Augusta University at at the time you took it over was kind of considered to be a commuter college, and that was one of the things that institutionally it seemed like the regents wanted to change. And of course you were a good choice for that coming from a school, taking it to a national level in Georgia Southern. But why was it important while you have this national focus to, to have this community focus as well? No, that's, that's a great question. Uh, And, and whatever we do with Augusta university, um, both then now and in the future, I don't want to ever change uh, the fact that in addition, in addition to being Augusta university, we are Augusta's, university mm. uh and that was hu- that was hugely important to me personally uh and so y- y- you don't want to lose uh the open access aspect of the university uh but at the same time uh, you want you want to move away from the from the community uh, commuter college and mm-hmm. community college sort of thing now we have a, a campus of east georgia state university on our on our campus and so that allows us to, to uh still maintain that access mission but that was hugely important. I mean, Augusta, the city, the folk that live here still need to see that as their university. Mm-hmm. They need to see that as a place that their kids can go to uh, regardless of what their uh, uh, GPA or SAT is. Mm-hmm. And so we've been able to maintain that. So that was critically important to us. Uh, at the same time, we wanted to take Augusta University and put it on a national stage. Uh, and right now, greater than 50% of our freshmen come from outside, wow. out of area. Wow. So a lot of those from Atlanta. Yeah. Of course, yeah. About half still. the country recruits. They still need room and board. Yeah, exactly. And it brings in a, a different type of diversity. We talk about diversity, and that is hugely important. But it's not just racial or ethnic or religious or, or whatever. It's just geographic university. Mm-hmm. A kid from South Georgia is very different than a kid from Southern California. doesn't mm-hmm. matter what race they are. Uh, but yet they're going to be competing with people from all over the world when they graduate, when y'all graduate, right. and have graduated from here. 
So to me, to try to bring in more students from outside of our area, outside of the state, outside of the country, brings more of that type of diversity on campus. And that's good for all our students. Now, we've talked about the name change, and we've also discussed how you, at, at the first idea of the consolidation, you thought it might be impossible. You take the job, and it's now possible. What are you thinking at this time when you get the job? Whoever thought it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I'd thought it, but I'll take credit for it if you let me, because it really was brilliant. And and that's what I'm really, really, really excited about with the future of this university mm. is we should always be focused on that. I mean, the, the value of your degree is not based off the reputation of when you went there. It's based off the reputation is today. It yeah. is, yes. And same thing 10 years or 20 years from now. Absolutely. So, so it, it's where the university can go. And so, yes, these, these two legacy institutions are so radically different, but jamming them together has created opportunities that would have never existed before. Uh, it's the bridge of art and medicine. It's mm-hmm. the bridge of the humanities and the sciences. Uh, and it's an opportunity for us to do things that make us very unique. We aren't going, going to be able to increase our enrollment here uh, at all uh, without being unique. We have to stand out from the rest of the pack. There are 25 other universities in the state of Georgia. They're all very, very good. So we have to offer unique experiences here, unique degrees, uh, uh, a place for students to say, there's where I want to go. Even before I know anything about it, I know I need to go there so I can be competitive to do what I want to do later in my life. School first, degree later. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of what we've been able to to put in place here. So this is your softball that you get out of that now is um, what are the things that you think, in your opinion, make Augusta University unique? Well, that is a softball question. (laughs) Um, Thank you for throwing it. Um, We other states only designated health sciences university. Uh, The only university in the state of Georgia that has a health system, the only public medical school and the only dental school. Now I, 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 I need to, finish the whole story because it just sounds all I, all I care about is medicine and dentistry and sciences. That's not true at all. But having that designation automatically sets us apart. And a lot of students, undergraduate students, will come here because that's what they want to do, ultimately mm-hmm. what they want to do. And then they learn. Yes. <laughs> Something yeah. different. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, and it makes, but it does make them more competitive, and yeah. it gives them a, a leg up on the competition. So you've got that really cool aspect. But then you got this... Uh, Augusta University has always had real strengths, uh, Augusta College and State, real strengths in your arts and humanities, fantastic mm-hmm. music program, uh, uh, visual arts. Um, we got, talk about a rock star, Scott Thorpe, our, our chair of art and design, is a true rock star, and he's the most innovative thinker I think I've been associated with in finding new ways and creative ways of bridging art and medicine. And so now we have these two universities and our faculty ended up themselves coming up with these really creative and exciting opportunities to marry those two things. We're not forcing this, mm. this shotgun marriage. It's happening quite de novo, <laughs> happening on itself. And we're beginning to create some very innovative degrees that are going to take advantage of the unique, unique things you already have and bring, bring other things that can bring students here. It seems like you have a very good relationship with your faculty and staff. I'd like to hope. I'd hope so. Yes. I mean, I'd like to. I'd you like. You can't to make everybody so. happy. No, you, you certainly can't. But no, I've. We got. We got just great faculty and staff. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, we really do. We we disagree on things. There's no doubt about that. But 
um, folks are, in generally are, are happy. Now, if you, again, you interview 10 faculty members and you could get, you know, three or four of them to say they're, they're happy or staff, I'm, I will take that. <laughs> but I think if they're really honest, they say they're really happy with where things are now, where they're going. When you took the position, you had a, a blank properties everywhere where you could stick things. From, from the time you've gotten here, mm-hmm. we have... I have seen upgrades on the medical campus. I've seen dorms come up. I've seen all this great stuff just being built. Health sciences building. Health yeah. sciences building. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about those projects. Yeah, uh, a couple things along those lines. Um, I actually I started in July. I was on campus in April. I, I was honored by giving the Alumni of the Year Award for the College of Science and Mathematics. Which my, my undergrad degree is from, mm-hmm. and that's why I came up for the what had dinner with the dean, the then then dean of that school, and he was talking about uh, they were going to move the College of Science and Mathematics from the Somerville campus and put it in, in on the, the Health Sciences campus. I, and I went away saying oh, I had that that was you, know, you talk about the merger being crazy. That is absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. Why would you, why would you do that? <laughs> Again, uh, uh, one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen, because it 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 took those undergraduate students. Many of them, not all of them, want to go to medicine and dentistry, and you put them, plop them down right in the middle of the white coats, and you put this building of undergraduate students there, right there, where every time they go to class, they can see the medical students and dentists walking across mm-hmm. with the white coats on. It's a visual representation of what they want to do and what they want to be. Uh, and we got all kind of concerns. Our faculty were saying, well, you know, we're going to have all these undergraduate students down here on the health sciences campus. They're going to clog up the roads and all and within a week of all those undergraduate students down there, those same individuals came up to me and said, boy, this has just been fantastic. You That's can awesome. feel the excitement wow. yeah. of having uh, an 18 to 23-year-old. It's just you can't, can't replace that. So that has, has done, I think, more to sort of give everybody an opportunity to say, wow, we can really do some, some cool and creative things here. So that was a major advance for us. And then, of course, the Georgia Cyber Center. Oh, My yeah. gosh, that's we haven't even unpacked that yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's that's a lot of unpacking. Yeah, there, it too, is. I tell you. So yeah, and uh, you know we we have four campuses even within Augusta and that creates some little uh, logistical problems and we know that, but I mm-hmm. think we're dealing with them as best we can. The concept of being able to park right in front of your class, mm-hmm. get in your car and, and drive and park right in front of your second class, those days are long gone. Yes. Oh, yeah, no way. Long gone. <laughs> uh, and if that's the price for progress, then I'll pay it every day. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Brooks Keel, president of Augusta University on the Drop the Disc podcast. But first, let me talk about a community organization that we've partnered with that innovates in the very Georgia Cyber Center that we talk about in this episode, and that's the Clubhouse. The Clubhouse is Augusta's nonprofit innovation center, like I just said, right inside the Georgia Cyber Center downtown off of Reynolds Street. They do help people grow businesses, but there's another side too. If you're looking for a career in technology, the Clubhouse Coding Bootcamp can teach you how to code in 12 weeks or less to help get you started on a new career. And if you're somebody that's already achieved success in business or technology, the Clubhouse also invites you to be a participant in their mentorship program, which helps give back in the community If you want to learn more about the Clubhouse and their programs for the Make Startups Entrepreneur Program that helps young companies secure financing and grow, you can go to makestartups.com. And for all of their programs, you can go to theclubhow.se. So we've talked about 
the school and I want to tie now the school in with the community um, aspect. And so I'm going to start with this. You talk about Statesboro being kind of centered around uh, Georgia Southern University. Do you see uh, any kind of future where Augusta would be similar with the university seeing the expansions? Oh, I see it now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think a lot of the growth that you're seeing in Augusta uh, is, if not directly, indirectly related to the growth that you see at Augusta University. We're on a two-way street. As Augusta grows, Augusta University grows. And as Augusta University grows, Augusta grows. Uh, and as it, it's, it's a great opportunity for both of us. And we have to, I think, when we talk about the future, we have to talk about it together. We have to move in the same direction. Um, Again, the Georgia Cyber Center, we'll talk about how that all that came about in a minute. Uh, it, it provided a huge campus for us down here, right across the street, 699 Broad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also provided an opportunity to have a lot of our folks down here, too. Yep. And you're seeing business and industry grow from that. Uh, again, it's the excitement of having college students uh, around you, uh, whether you're walking them down Broad Street or in one of our restaurants or, or one of our clubs or something like that, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's an excitement you just can't buy anywhere. So the, the part two of that then is talking about Augusta and the community uh, and Augusta University becoming you know more married to each other. What are some outreach efforts that people might not know about where they kind of already work together? Well, I, I think the Georgia Cyber Center is a great example. Right. Uh, and that's really more tied into what's going on at Fort Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we knew that when the, when the Army made the decision to move the Cyber Command here, that uh, there was going to be what we call a cyber tsunami that was going to hit Augusta, all of Augusta. And if we, the university, the community, and all of us weren't ready for that, didn't start preparing for that, it was going to wash right on by and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had this land over here that was the old golf and gardens property that just didn't quite get off the ground. Yeah. Uh, and it was sitting green. We were going to turn it into a parking lot or, or an intramural field, not knowing you know, what else can we put there. Would have been a great intramural field. <laughs> it would have been a great intramural yeah, field. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> Heck of a view. But not to complain <laughs> about the, yeah. the couple million dollars. But that's site. also a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not going to happen, but it's <laughs> yeah, uh, it. a great idea. So we started, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could – have in one location uh, this campus, this facility in which you had uh, industry and business, you had government, and you had academia all in one place and a coffee shop right in the middle Hmm. and a place where students can walk out of the classroom and go right across the hall to do an internship with a company that they're going to wind up graduating making six figures for. Uh, And that sort of started the concept of what we have that's now the Georgia Cyber Center. Um, so that was the, the first building. And then from there, we quickly filled it and knew we needed to move from just the education training into more innovation. That allowed us to, to do the, the second building as well. Thanks to the incredible vision and generosity of Governor Nathan Deal at the time, who put $100 million into those two facilities, and the city of Augusta, who built the parking deck we have there. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> that uh, gave us the largest single investment of a state in cybersecurity in the country. Wow. Uh, and we're just, we're now beginning to think what building three is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So we created this ecosystem uh, of these three entities, and, and it's very intentional. In fact, there were a lot of people who would pay top dollar just to rent space in those buildings because of where it's located. And if they don't buy into that mission of the Georgia Cyber Center, this, this concept of digital, all things digital, 
and the willingness to bump into each other and to interact, then you, you're not allowed to go in there. <laughs> it won't even let me have an office in that building, <laughs> which I'd love to be able to have. But, um, so it's, it's a very unique place and a very unique opportunity for us. But having it located where it is uh, is, is a huge economic development driver for the city of Augusta. Because the concept is you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of people working in that facility. Uh, by and large, many of them are of the age and, and the mobility to where they want to live, eat, and play all in the same location. You know, as you know, from that spot, you're within 50, mi- within 50 miles of hiking and biking trails that take you all over this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the growth that we're seeing in, in, in downtown Augusta, I mean, thanks to you for having this facility in downtown Augusta, Ross <laughs> Street, you. as opposed to somewhere else. I mean, that's the type of thing I think is really going to make the city take off. Thank you. Um, we appreciate that <laughs> yes, little compliment at the end there. Um, so y- it sounds like your involvement in, in all of this is is actually maybe more than people would think. W- would you say that? Well, I mean, I got the best job in the world. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. But my job really is to be more of a facilitator and a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got an incredible staff, uh, and they're the ones who really need the credit for take the credit, should take the credit for all the great stuff that's done. I usually try to stay out of the way. I'm I'm always successful <laughs> in doing that, but uh, we have to be involved in all those things mm-hmm. um, because again, we can't grow to our fullest potential unless the city of Augusta grows with us, and vice versa. Yep. So talking about growth, I know that the uh, the school recently completed their kind of five-year strategic plan. Um, and, you know, this is pretty good timing for us to have you on. That's that's something where you're talking about where the school is going in the future. So are there some highlights from that plan that you can talk about? Yeah, I, I can. I'm, I, and I'm really excited about this. And I've, I've said this before, and I'll have to I'll say it again. I have never been a big fan of strategic plans. <laughs> in fact, I hate strategic planning. And the reason I do is because I've been to four or five different institutions, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think I was there at, at one point or another when they were all doing strategic plans. And every single one of strategic plans is just like the other one. You know, you get faculty and staff and students and alumni in a room, and you have breakout sessions. You get a bunch of whiteboards, put a bunch of stuff on there, and that gets put into something. And you could take that strategic plan and put it on the shelf, and five years later, you dust it off. It's this time for a new one. <laughs> and, and I just, I never really saw anything that was truly innovative. And so when when uh, we started doing the street, the plan here, I said, we've got to do something different to, it again, take advantage of who we are, where we are, what we need to go, and what it's going to take in order to get us there. So I was incredibly proud of how our folks really did come together with tremendous input from everybody, not just focused on doing uh, discovery or research, Everybody does that, but how do we do it differently? Well, mm. we do it different by taking advantage of the unique things we have here, bridging art, science, those kind of things. Right? Uh, education, of course, that's important. But how do we do it differently so that we can really prepare students uh, taking advantage of what were the unique things we have to offer to make them competitive uh, in the 21st century and beyond? And every single one of the of the, the main aims of this plan was really designed that way. So I, I, I am really excited about this one. I, I do think it, it sets the path for us it's just the the the, uh, the road for us to go now to take this university to incredible heights are there some highlights that you'd like to share well we've got two major plans that i think really sort of epitomize okay um the uh the, the th- 
things we need to be doing. Uh, one is called 16 by 30. And this, I, I was at a town hall one time. I was talking about enrollment. Uh, and this is a dangerous thing. Presidents often forget, but people actually sometimes do listen to what you say. Uh, <laughs> that can be dangerous. Uh, and I made a comment. I said, you know, we, we ought to be thinking about um, what's, the, what's the sweet spot for us in terms of students. I said, you know, we got capacity here. Uh, to easily double our enrollment at the time, and it'd be about 16,000 students. And, I, you know, we should be able to do that by the year 2030. Before I knew it, within days, somebody came up, we're going to do 16 by 30. And everybody has bought into this. Wow. <laughs> it's, been, it's been like a rallying call uh, for folks to say, oh, here's what we're going to do. Here's what, now, let's, let's find a way to get there. So that's, gonna, that's been one of the driving forces okay. behind what we do. Uh, and and a lot. It's not just getting numbers of students, but when you have sixteen thousand students, you got to be thinking three or four years down uh, ahead. Of what are you going to do about dorm space? What are you going to do about dining? What are you going to do about parking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about uh, faculty to teach all these students? And those sorts of things. So it gives us an opportunity to strategize with an endpoint of sixteen by thirty. And then we started looking at research, and we're woefully behind where we need to be in research. We've made some, some strategic investments here recently that are really going to make a difference. Uh, but we have been ranked, they rank medical, student, uh, medical schools based off your NIH funding. And we've been ranked in the 70s for probably 20 years. And every time we go up, everybody else would go up, and we'd still be ranked 70s. <laughs> so I, you know, we, I said we need to at least be in the top 60. So, and I think we can probably do that by the year 2030. So now in addition to 16 by 30, we've got 60 by 30. With the goal of having the Medical College of Georgia ranked in the top 60 medical schools by the year 2030. When that goal of, of research, you know, the, the rising um, boat, rising tide kind of lists all boats, mm-hmm. get us to that point too. So a lot of the strategies we have in place are aimed at trying to do that too. So I, I think those two things... Uh, along with taking advantage of doing things in an innovative, unique way, mm-hmm. is what school really set this one apart. Now, you you uh, you don't sell yourself very well when you say you're just a cheerleader uh, for your for being a president. Uh, talk about going to Congress. Talk a little bit about going to Congress and what you were doing in Congress. Wow. Yeah, I had to uh, testify um, before a, a subcommittee on this on the three plus program we were doing uh, for, with MCG and. I had testified once before when I was at Georgia Southern. It was a, it was a fairly small committee and uh, didn't last very long. But, I mean, this was the most grueling four hours I've ever been through. I mean, you sat down uh, at a table from 10 o'clock, and you didn't move until 2 o'clock. Uh, and uh, just about every single member of this committee was asking me questions. It was a great experience. I really was. Um, and it's nice when you testify before Congress and you're not in trouble. I mean, that's a real, yeah. <laughs> that's a real good thing. Um, but it gave us a chance to really highlight uh, the three-plus program that we're doing at MCG. And that is one of the most uh, unique curriculums of any medical school in the country. There are a lot of medical schools that have a cohort of students to go three years instead of four. Mm-hmm. But we've changed the entire uh, Is class this the BSMD MCG. program? No, this is this medical is school itself. This okay. is separate from that. Well, okay. we can get done to in, that in, done in three years. Done in three years instead of four. Uh, and why do we do that? Well, there are a lot of reasons. But one is that Georgia ranks uh, about 45th or 46th in the country in terms of just about any health metric you can think of. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and that's not a good place to be. 
Uh, and part of the reason is uh, trying to get physicians to practice in rural and underserved Georgia is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to do because uh, most medical students will graduate on average about $150,000 in debt. That's a pretty big loan to pay off. Yes. And then you go do a residency, and then they want you to go down into Hey Howard, Georgia, or some yep. really rural place to set up a practice when it's difficult to make the kind of money it takes to pay off that kind of debt when you're trying to start a family, which most of our medical students right. in that age group are. So we said, if we could shorten this from four years to three years, we're going to cut out some of the debt. But the unique thing about the program is we were, we we're telling a group of medical students, if you come into this program, you do three years, and then you do a residency somewhere in Georgia, primary care residency, and then you practice in rural underserved Georgia for three years, you go to medical school for free. Wow. So it eliminates the debt before it's ever accumulated. That's crazy. Uh, and we've gotten great uh, philanthropic support to provide the scholarships. We've got eight students going through the program now. We're getting ready to start a new cohort uh, and uh, this, I think, will finally be able to make a dent in some of the uh, abysmal health metrics we have in this state by doing that. So that's why I went to, to Congress to, to <laughs> test an incredible program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really how, is. How unique is that? Is that like there are about a dozen universities that have a cohort model with mm-hmm. a smaller group that get an accelerated program? But we're mm-hmm. the only one I'm aware of that has changed the whole curriculum of the medical school, especially one that is designed try to create a pipeline to get uh, uh, physicians in rural underserved Georgia. Wow, that's an, that's crazy. Yeah. What about really proud of it. And what about the BSMD program? Because I mentioned yeah, that, and, yeah. and now we have to explain at least what that yeah, is. Yeah, no, no, that's another uh, uh, very unique program for us. Uh, if we identify a cohort of high school kids that have the uh, desire to go to medicine and we enroll them as a freshman at Augusta University, mm-hmm. And it stands for Bachelor of Science to Medical Doctorate? Is that right? Right. Okay. So they come in as a freshman with a guaranteed admission in the MCG if they maintain their grades throughout college. So Mm -hmm. you can start as a freshman. And in your fourth year, you take uh, some of the biochemistry and and some of the Mm -hmm. science courses you would ordinarily in medicine. Mm -hmm. And you actually, your fourth year is your first year of medical school. So you've actually cut out two years. Yeah. Plus program plus that. Uh, that has been incredibly successful. In our third year, I believe it is, of those students actually matriculating into MCG. Mm-hmm. How, how many students are in that program? It's about 25 okay. a cohort. So you, you will get, you'll lose a couple of those students here and there for a whole variety of reasons. But we've had anywhere from 20 to 25 of those would actually wind up in uh, MCG. That's so an incredible program. Yeah, so yeah. there will be over 100 doctors from that program yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. The goal for us is to, if we can get, if we can raise enough money, is to get scholarships for 50 medical students to actually go through this pipeline program. If we can start turning out 50 MDs a year that are committed to, under, to uh, rural and underserved Georgia, then I think we'll start really making a difference. Wow. Absolutely. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick message. I want to talk about Augusta Hemp Company. I'm checking out their website at www.augustahempcompany.com. I'm seeing that they have a lot of things on their online shop. They've got anything from anti-anxiety formulas, unwind formulas, Delta 8 gummies. They've got dog chews. They've got dog tinctures. They've got soft gels, bath fizzers. They've got so many things, foot soaks. But I want to talk a little bit about their terpenes that they have. They've got terpenes that you can spray into your cocktails. This is really cool. 
I want you to go to www.augustahempcompany.com. That's www.augustahempcompany.com and check out their online store. Go ahead and order now. They'll ship it right to your house. I, I don't want to spend the whole interview talking about medic, the medical side, but I have one more medical side question. Sure. And it's really, pro, it, it, it's, it's an uncomfortable topic, but it's a, also a topic where Augusta University kind of stood out on a national stage, at least in my opinion, um, or from my perspective, and that was COVID, yeah, right? Yeah. So Augusta University was pretty involved in the state of Georgia's COVID response. Yeah. What a time to be a president. Yeah, of no kidding. Uh, medical yeah, university. the name, add another <laughs> yeah. school. Pandemic. Yeah, have a horde of locusts come through here next, I think. <laughs> I, 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 you talk about being um, proud. I can't think of a better word mm -hmm. um, of seeing how our healthcare providers in general have 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 uh, tackled this issue, and that's true of healthcare providers across the entire country. But to have to be twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, in the midst of a pandemic the likes of which none of us have ever seen in our lifetimes, uh, and to, and to keep the spirit that they've had, uh, you cannot say thank you enough to those folks, and I would never want to pass up the opportunity to do so. But we. We had we got a jump start on a lot of things. We had the first, we had a, a, an app on your on your phone. It's a it's a telehealth app, and we were getting ready to sort of do this. And we said, well, we could convert this into COVID because in the early days of COVID, you actually had to almost get a, a physician's order to get a COVID test. Mm -hmm. uh, it was real comp complicated. How do I know if I have COVID? Do I need to test? Not need to. So we stood up this app and did it for free where 24 hours a day you could pull out your phone and push a button and get a telehealth visit with a live person. And then they would go through your symptoms and all this. And then if they felt like, yes, you need to get a COVID test, they'd schedule you to get a test and you know right where to go to get it. And so we stood this up for just uh, AU Health System uh, as a test and then opened it up to the community uh, and then began to start thinking about how we could take it wider. Along with that, we also were one of the first in the region to open up drive-through testing. Mm -hmm. What you don't want is 150 people showing up in your emergency department trying to get a COVID test. You don't want that many COVID folk at one location anyhow, but you sure don't want them trying to decide if they have COVID. Mm -hmm. So we stood up the, the drive-through testing out of Christenberry. Very unique program. A lot of other programs throughout the country sort of copied that and went from that. As we were doing all that, um, I got a, I got a call from, from governor Kemp and that'll get your attention. Um, <laughs> did his name pop up on your phone or did you have to just I, guess? I, I was, no, I was, I was uh, brief that he might be called. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and he asked if we would help, uh, help the state sort of take what we were doing in Augusta and take it statewide along with the national guard. See, that's, um, that's something that I'm learning for the first time. Yeah, we had we had about twenty five guardsmen that were stationed at our at our health, our health sciences building in one of the classrooms, computer classrooms. They're twenty four hours a day for about two or three months, and they were the sort of the uh, scheduling center for uh, the entire state of Georgia for many of the places they were going. Wow! So I, of course, said Governor, we do whatever you want us to do, and he called us because we're the state's medical school, and so with the National Guard, we set up another eleven sites throughout the state. We wanted the first labs in the country clinical apps that offer COVID testing, the first in the in Georgia other than the CDC and Department of Health because of the expertise we have here. Didn't we, Augusta University create a COVID test? Or is we that, did. It was, that, it was designed in-house. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the important part 
about having an academic medical center in your hometown yeah, and having that sort of expertise right here uh, in Augusta where you, you don't have to go to Charleston or to Mayo or to Houston or whatever to get the type mm-hmm. of care that you need. We've got it right here. So anyway, it, it allowed us to, to set up and do that sort of thing in a very efficient way. Uh, and like I said, I was really, really proud of how we, we stood that up. That expertise uh, ultimately led, so when the vaccines came out, uh, we did essentially the same thing here in Augusta. We set up an entire clinic to run a whole bunch of people through getting their vaccines. And that was through the generosity of the Augusta National Golf Club, which ought to help uh-huh. us uh, provide this sort of thing. Y'all were set up at Steinmar area, right? right? Okay, right. so I experienced that when I was getting my first vaccine, and it was run like an airport. It yep. was perfect. <laughs> I mean, we were in, out. I mean, there had to be at least – hundred people in line and I was out in 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah, it was, was incredible. Very efficiently done. My wife was very, very yeah. impressed. Yeah. <laughs> There's this other topic in education in Augusta that Augusta University gets tied into sometimes and it's always rumors. And I'm just curious what you've heard about it or what your perspective is. And that's Payne College. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have issues with their accreditation or at least they have for the, for the last decade. And there has been talk, maybe it's just people talking to other people and none of them are in uh, decision-making right. positions, but of acquisitions or mergers or y- any, you know, partnership is, have, I guess I just, it's an open question, but what have you heard? What do you think about that? Well, that they're all rumors, uh, that's for sure. And uh, it shouldn't be taken for anything more than that. I mean, paying colleges been in this community for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's part of the, a huge part of the community, uh, and they have a very specific uh, mission, um, and we're, we're proud to be neighbors uh, of Payne College. And they've been very good neighbors, but we are just that. We are neighbors. We have no intentions, no desire, no plans, no expectations. Nobody's telling us to or not to, to merge with Payne College. Um, we would, we would welcome any sort of opportunity for collaborations. We possibly could, we've always been that way, but they're on their own course and they have their own uh, things that they have to Can't worry take about, away so. that rivalry in basketball season. <laughs> Can't no. do that. It's a good rivalry. <laughs> yeah. So my last Augusta university question, and then I, I think we should transition a little bit to Augusta is, is about Somerville campus. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about all the growth downtown and there's also been some rumors similar to Payne college about what's happening in Somerville. Do you know what the strategic plan is going to be for Somerville campus? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Uh, part of the, of the strategic plan is really focused more on the university itself, for which obviously the colleges that make up Somerville are, are hugely important to us. Um, I don't envision a whole lot of physical, not like new buildings and that sort of thing coming out of Somerville campus. And there are a lot of reasons for that, most of which have to do with where it's actually located mm-hmm. in that community. A lot of the other also has to, uh, from what I've been told, it's on an, uh, essentially an archaeological site. You can't stick a right. shovel in the ground without right. digging up some sort of relic. And that's why you can't build a parking deck, right? Uh, ex- exactly. And they, even on the, on the, uh, on the asphalt parking mm-hmm. areas, you still have to completely renovate and tear all those up and build parking decks and that kind of thing. Moving the College of Science and Mathematics did free up the whole science building there. So that mm-hmm. gives us an opportunity to really expand – uh, the other colleges that are on that campus uh, and give us some growth potential there as well. So, and, the, and that's why I say we have plenty of capacity for 16,000 undergraduate students because we've got a lot of growth opportunities there 
uh, and uh, and that will allow us to to move some of this other sciences and things maybe on on the health sciences campus. So I, I don't see a tremendous amount of physical growth there. Uh, it'd be a good problem to have, and we certainly would, would consider that. Um, I, I you know it, our goal is to really is to sort of blend the health sciences campus and and some of the campus in, in even more than we're doing now. Um, I think there are opportunities to to put other programs on Somerville in the existing space that may have more of a uh, of a science sort of take to it, uh, so we can even further blend these two these two mi- uh, missions of the legacy institutions. So, uh, now you won't see any parking decks or dormitories coming out, not in the near future, anyhow. Okay, that that's a that's a big rumor too. Yeah. So thank you for that. I like that rumor though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. Let's let's go back to the city of Augusta. Um, that's the whole point of our podcast, and we've done that talking about Augusta University. Yeah. But there's some things that I feel like our listeners would like to know about you, Brooks. Um, when you first, well, not first, but when you came back to Augusta, mm. um, and you were visiting in April and seeing the campus, but you're also visiting the city of Augusta. Mm. What what were you? What were your thoughts about the city? Well, I, you know, I, I have noticed some of the growth that, uh, down here, some of the restaurants and those sorts of things. Downtown Augusta is, is radically different than it was when I was a student here. There's no doubt about that, and, and for all good reasons. And I've also noticed some of the boarded-up buildings. I mean, let's mm. be honest. Uh, there yeah. is plenty of opportunity uh, for future growth here, too. So I, I definitely did notice that. Um, I mean, you can't help but notice the growth that's on the campuses um, since I was a student here. And you know, and, and even though this is my home, and I would, I would come back here every year visiting right. my parents when they were still uh, still with us and that sort of thing, you kind of fly in or you drive and you go visit them and you go back home. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get a chance to spend much time here. So I've had to uh, I've had the wonderful experience of sort of relearning Augusta uh, during my my uh, almost seven years here, and it's been, been a great experience. I mean, some of the uh, the new restaurants and things in Surrey Center, for example. I mean, Calvert's was was, right. there, was always was the well, was right the place, but that was about it. You know? <laughs> there wasn't not a whole lot of dining opportunities right. uh, in, in Augusta, not anywhere that it is now. Uh, and then to see the growth that's that's taken out in Columbia County in that way has just been just been really fascinating. What are some of your uh, favorite places to go? Uh, in your in your free time off time, yeah. <laughs> free when time you're not off. working, yeah. Uh, you know, I I go home, and then, that's totally <laughs> understandable. Uh, and spend time with my wife, and we really enjoy that. No, we we we, we go to Abel Brown every now and then. Yeah. What a great great place, and uh, taco sushi sometimes, and really been been enjoying that, and um, just just try to try to stay under the radar. So that's great. <laughs> that's great. I have no more questions. I'm, I, I'm good. We'll, we'll, we Are can, you good? Yeah, we can release. Are we ready to I mean, wrap? I could keep going. But. I could too, but uh, he has to go home at some point. And it looks like it's getting dark outside. It is. It, it's about to rain, I think. Oh, so okay. So oh, I'll ask this timing, question. Yeah. Okay, so we are dropping this podcast, yeah. and we're here dropping the disc from Disgusta. We like to ask every guest on the show this final question is, if someone were to walk up to you and diss Augusta, what would your response be to them? <laughs> The Drop the Disc question is presented by our friends at Tranner Gray Media. Here at Tranner Gray Media, we are a full-service, award-winning marketing agency specializing in video production based right here in Augusta. We have experience at both the local and national level, partnering with businesses to bring their message to the forefront. Whether you need video, graphic design, digital or traditional advertising, web work, or creative services, we exist to help you tell your story. 
Well, I, you know, I, I think my first response would be, "Don't let the screen door hit you on the way out." I mean, you know, that, that, that's a, but that's not the right response. So I, that, that's not what I do. You know, I, we are not perfect as a city. I think we definitely know that we 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 have some issues uh, as a community we need to do, we need to deal with. Uh, uh, we have some challenges with our public school system mm-hmm. here. I think, uh, and we're we're trying to work now to try to see if we can we can rectify that. But for somebody just to complain for the sheer sake of complaining, I, I usually don't pay much attention to that. Now, if you got a complaint and you want to offer a solution, I'm mm-hmm. going let's let's sit down, let's talk about that, let's try to find a way. And if you, or if you have a complaint, look, I, I don't like this. I've thought about it. I just don't have a solution. I'd love to be okay. That's fine too. But just to, just to complain about something, uh, yeah, you know, I got better use of my time to even tolerate that. So <laughs> uh, we we got too many great things here going on. And we have so much opportunity that other communities have taken advantage. Columbus, Georgia, look what they've mm-hmm. done with that river mm-hmm. area there. Yep. Uh, so many opportunities to take advantage of that. Uh, and I think most people now, I, I don't hear too many complaints about Augusta. I really, maybe people just don't, are afraid to bring them up or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but I hear an awful lot about uh, what ifs. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that to me uh, is what we should be focusing on. I agree. President Keel, in your seven years at Augusta University, you've seen a name change, you've seen a pandemic, you've seen a $100 million cyber center development, as well as multi-million dollar developments downtown. An incredible amount of success so far. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. No, an honor's mine, a pleasure's mine. I really appreciate the chance to sit down with you. It's glad to see uh, two, uh, two alums and so a soon to be alum yep. uh, have been when so this episode is this. published i will be an alumnus again <laughs> well that, that's i haven't, lo- I haven't looked at your transcript yet so you <laughs> i'm not gonna say anything about that until i see you walk across the stage but no thank will you, you so much one, for having me will you be the one i shake hands with uh, will yeah, I i'll be the there? one yep i'll, so be I'll the see one. you next week y'all better so fist too. bump excellent, excellent. <laughs> great thank you very much Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Drop the Disc podcast. We'll be back next week. We've got a great summer lineup. We've got Evan Gransky from Gransky Records coming on. We've got the president of Augusta Tech, Jermaine Whirl, and more local businesses, community organizations, government representatives, musicians, the whole thing. This summer is going to be awesome. We do have another Augusta Rocks concert coming up in August, so look out for that. And if you enjoy today's episode, if you enjoy any of our episodes, we appreciate if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you listen. It takes, you know, five seconds maybe. And the impact it can have for us is awesome. So it's definitely worth it. And make sure you engage with us on social media. If you have any thoughts, make sure you vote in our brackets. And last but not least, if you have somebody that you think should come on the show, just send us an email to dropthediskpod at gmail.com. It's just another day on the road to be great. Got a list full of goals and so much on my plate. Another episode of my life to the date, yeah. And I'ma do it all with a smile on my face. In the land of the free, yeah, the home of the brave. The only way you grow is if you learn from mistakes. And never stop the hustle, gotta keep up the pace. I ain't got time to waste, I got moves I'ma make, yeah. It doesn't matter what the topic is. We gon' talk about it on Drop the Disc. We can dive in on city politics. 
Or I can brag about my accomplishments If you hating on the city, it is not a fin Problem is that you're probably lacking common sense Augusta got so much talent that'll make it big And you gon' see in here first, don't drop the disc Ay. Learn a lot about the 706 about to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AUG in the mix just drop this uh. Learn a lot about the 706 About to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AUG in the mix just drop this Just drop this Better drop this <laughs> Gotta drop this Drop this